0: Hey, before we get started today, I want to tell you about a special masterclass we're hosting on December 13th called Winning the Buyer's Brain. Brian Gray will be joining Brian and I, and you can learn more about the masterclass at winningthebuyersbrain.com. We've not done a live cast for a long time, and we thought this would be a really good topic. How do you position yourself in a way that compels emotional interest from the buyer? We want emotional interest because we know that's how decisions are made, not just intellectual interest. Our expert, Brian Gray, has studied neuroscience and will be sharing some simple ways you can use his approach to get attention. After all, attention is the number one currency today. Go to winningthebuyersbrain.com and enroll. In this episode of the
1: Advanced Selling Podcast, we provide our own non-political commentary on the midterm elections, and we channel Brene Brown and discuss the idea of courage in the sales function. Welcome everybody back to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast in sales training podcast history. My name is Brian Neal, and I'm Bill Kasky. And We are here every week for your listening enjoyment. You're tight. glad that you uh, You're glad that you joined You're tight us today, huh? You're tight good today. Am I? You am jumped like in two the, times Instant. I stopped. Caskey. Yeah, yeah, right on it. That's okay, isn't it's it? Good. No, in it's radio perfect. world, it's okay. perfect. Uh, We've got a big LinkedIn group. If you're not joined, if you haven't joined, join us. Uh, It's advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn, or just go to LinkedIn and just type in advanced selling podcast. Are we over 10,000 yet?
0: We're creeping toward it. I don't think we're there yet. We need a
1: big celebration. We'll get some confetti and some prizes, some fabulous prizes, and we'll share those with our 10,000th member. Uh, Go there. We've got some cool fun stuff to be uh, talking about here soon. It's November 12th, Bill. That means that the election is over. (laughs) does Thank it. isn't goodness. And <laughs> for those
0: of you who are offshore in Australia or Europe, we just had our uh, midterm elections, and you know the thing that I find fine. This is no, this is a non-political observation of of elections, and has to do with the commercials. Yeah, the commercials are. A annoying, B hilarious, C <laughs> totally ineffective. I think, although I'm sure the ad agencies would not say that. But can yeah. you imagine the windfall for ad agencies and voiceover announcers yeah. during election years
1: and and TV? And, and I know TV, I've, yeah. I've got a couple space, clients yeah. in that business now. Those those markets are set, so there there's special rates that they have to give so that there's not you know
0: favoritism. There. Right, and still. They just load up oh, and sell everything. Gosh. Well, I heard, and, and this is a typical ad, is when the person talks, the, the voiceover guy talks about, or lady, talks about the other candidate, the opposing candidate, right. in derogatory terms <laughs> and with really bad, dramatic music. And then halfway through, it changes to light banjo music, and we talk about our <laughs> candidate. And I heard one the other day here in Indiana where the guy, the VO, was talking about um, this this opposing candidate. And, he's, and it was a picture on the screen of this opposing candidate. And the announcer says, look at him. there in that blue shirt. <laughs> and, and then he goes on for a second. And then he says, he on his website even has a button that translates everything to Chinese. And I thought, okay, first of all, does the blue shirt really that much? I mean... Is that devilish? Blue shirt. <laughs> it is. Should in I Washington. Stop using
1: wearing yeah, blue shirt? White shirt, red tie. Thought, That's it,
0: right? What is there about the blue shirt? But then when he said he even has a button on his website to translate a so website to Chinese, hasn't that been available for like twenty years? <laughs> I, th- I think Google has that, don't
1: they? <laughs> don't they have a little button to translate into any uh, any language oh, in the entire my planet? Gosh, no. it's like
0: I think by the end of the ele- by the end of the uh, campaign. They're just looking for anything. No, like for that sure. guy wears a blue shirt and our candidate wears a <laughs> white shirt. Him. Let's make fun of
1: blue. Look shirt. at his part. Now, I noticed something <laughs> in our, and, and by the way, these, we're, this is a non-political statement. These are observations. I did notice that one of the candidates here in Indiana running for Senate was always videoed driving his RV. Right. Did you notice I that? I saw that. He's always driving his RV around the state. Nobody called him out on this. And I'm the only one that I can find that noticed this. He never, ever had a seatbelt on. When he was driving his RV, there was never a seat belt over his shoulder. And I think we're past the day of the lap strap only, right? The old school bus deal that's long gone. And so I don't know if he was just sitting and it was green screen or if he's driving around. Or maybe there's a special law with an RV. You don't have to wear your seat belt. But (laughs) nobody, (laughs) I'm like, how come no one is saying this guy's not wearing a seat belt? Come on Well, Plus he was a sitting senator. So maybe there is a special. (laughs) Who knows? You
0: know, Brian, I know that you're a podcast junkie as I am. There was one of my favorite podcasts. Is one called "Finding Mastery"? Michael Gervais is the host, and he's a performance coach, works with athletes and performers. He had Brene Brown on. You know who Brene Brown? One of is, my favorites, Brene Brown. She did a TED talk. I don't know, probably six or eight years ago. That's had thirty-six million views on it, and it was about shame and vulnerability. And she's written several books. Her newest one is called "Dare to Lead." And with uh, with permission from Michael and his team, we clipped out about a sixty-second piece of Brene philosophy on what one attribute is important today here it is coming off the research i just came off of for dare to lead seven years studying kind of really top performing leaders across every from athletes to fortune 10 ceos civic leaders just across the board asking one question given the complexity that we're living in right now and what the future looks like what's the one thing that you're going to be looking for in leaders? Like who's going to be still standing as a leader in the next five years? And it was the first time I'd ever done research where the answer saturated across every single participant. And without question, people didn't even hesitate. They just said courage. We need braver leaders. We need more courageous cultures. You know, Brian, ever since uh, the first time I saw Brene Brown, she did the TED Talk that has 36 million hits. It's one of the biggest, uh, most watched TED Talk ever. She talks mm-hmm. about shame and vulnerability. And yep. I've always liked her. I've always felt like she speaks the truth. And she talks about things that no one else is talking about in yeah. the space of leadership and sales. But really, it's not just about leadership and sales. It's just about being a human being and how she how she frames everything up. Uh, is really powerful. She's, fan- she's fantastic. One of my favorites, I always uh, uh,
1: prescribe her, if you can do that, to to my clients to listen to, especially when it comes to around the vulnerability piece yeah. and selling. I think it's a really, really uh, untalked about topic in the sales world. And like you said, her new angle now is she's talking about
0: uh, courage. hmm she has a new book called Dare to Lead, yes. where, she, where she talks a lot about that. But uh, so we, we thought that, and by the way, this clip came from a podcast that I listened to called Finding Mastery. Uh, the host is Michael Gervais. Mm-hmm. He's out on the West Coast, and he does some very high performance coaching of athletes. And he's got a really good podcast, and Bernay was interviewed on his podcast. So uh, they uh, allowed us to steal that clip and, and use it here today. So, How do you well, spell his last name, Dina? G-E-R-V-A-I-S. It's it's like Ricky uh, Gervais, Gervais. only it's it's spelled the same, just pronounced differently. So what I thought we could do is talk about courage in sales. Love it. Since most of our uh, audience is sales, but we do have a lot of leaders as well. So I think these things that we're going to come up with today could apply either way. There's no doubt. And I think uh,
1: I I personally believe that uh, choosing the profession is the first courageous mm. step because this is a profession that comes with a whole lot of up and down, a whole lot of perceived risk to people, I think, uh, different than some other things where you feel like I've got stability in operations or I've got a, a skill set, so I'm an accountant, so I've got a skill. Those are all great things. Um, sales, there's there's no real, there's no accreditation for it per se, mm. right? You, you don't go become a lawyer, doctor, CPA, like, or you don't become a salesperson that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of them out there and... By and large, uh, most people don't look at that as a favorable thing. So Not we, at all. When you say at all. Uh, you're you're a salesperson, it kind of comes with a little bit of a loaded definition in people's minds, in my opinion, per, and, per, and perception.
0: Isn't that strange? It is. It's very Be, odd to me. And it's and and it's been that way for generations. Yeah. And you would think that here we are, 2018, where we're we're, we're we're hopefully more evolved. We've come down from that. Uh, Dilemma of how do I become something that I'm kind of dis, I'm kind of disgusted by. Yeah. But in the in the young community, the twenties, 20s, twenty somethings, there's still this thing about well, you know, I, I really don't want to get in sales. I'm not cut out for sales, right. and I'm like, you're not cut out for building relationships. You're not cut out for caring for people, for yeah. solving problems, for finding problems. You're not yeah. cut out to do that. And, of course, we know that's just how they look at it that's the problem. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. Um,
1: so I've got a few things written down. I like down, that. I think first one, too. though. I
0: think the first one is just courage to even to be in it. the profession. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. Well, before we get to that next point, Brian, the holidays are right around the corner. You know they are, and I know how you hated Halloween, but I also know how you love Christmas. One of our great sponsors, cardsdirect.com greeting cards. It's great marketing, it's easily trackable. You can see how sending a seasonal greeting card increase your year-over-year profits by inviting prospects to take action. Yes, we live in a digital age, but customers and associates are craving something more personal. Greeting cards are tangible, friendly, and memorable, and they leave a longer-lasting impression than just digital. As a sales professional, you can do greeting card marketing in conjunction with digital marketing. It's a welcoming, personal way of keeping in touch. Cards Direct offers greeting cards for a new era. They are custom. They can be branded with your logo, photos, company colors, and anything you want. You can personalize the interior messaging, upload signatures right into the cards, and... CardsDirect.com will even address and stamp the envelopes for you. Can cards provide a sustainable ROI? Yes. And if you want proof, go to CardsDirect.com ASP. And by the way, while you're there, order some cards of your own and get a 25% discount. CardsDirect.com forward ASP. Yeah, I've got one here. uh, Well, I guess that was the first one. Here's my number uh, two is The Courage to Create. Mm. There was a book back in the 70s by a guy named Rollo May, and it was called The Courage to Create. And it was built for, it was constructed for creative types. But I think we're all creative today. I think I think this idea. Well, I'm not creative. I'm going to go into sales where I don't have to be creative. Well, you have to be more creative in sales because you got to figure out how to get to the right people, how to say the right things, how to create your pitch, how to create your PowerPoints. You, you are really in a creative spot, and yet I think we see creativity as something that we run from. And even when it comes to content, you know, we're, Brian, you and I are always asking people to create content, create articles on LinkedIn, create videos, create podcasts. And and yet I think it takes a lot of courage to actually say, okay, today I'm going to write an article and I'm going to press send or submit or yeah. publish. That takes a lot of courage, especially if you're not used to doing it. It does. And if you pay attention
1: to Brene, you'll, in her original work that we, not her first original work, but the ones that the, most of the world saw about vulnerability, the same thing, same theme is there that you put yourself out with, with an article or with a blog post or a video or an audio, you're putting yourself out for the world to see and listen to and to mm-hmm. judge then. And so you got to be square inside before you can do that. And I think that's the inhibition that people have. It's like, oh, well, what if it's no good? What if people don't like it? Yeah. I mean, no one likes this podcast, but they keep listening. They do. They right? don't like doing it. They Seriously. don't like listening, it's but so somehow not true. It's we know better. Yeah. Uh, OK, here's one. Ready? Right. Yep. I think salespeople should flex the courage muscle Uh, to help them direct the process. They need to have the courage to direct the process. And so often, uh, the buyers dictate how the process goes. They decide when, who, how much, and and what's going to happen. And it takes a lot of courage to say, here's how we're going to do this. Here's Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. I think behind that um, is the idea, this relationship idea, that I don't want to ruffle feathers. I want the person to like me. And if I resist or command, control, whatever you want to say, The process that they may not like me or they may Mm -hmm. um, get upset with me or angry or whatever. Um, But I think it takes a ton of courage to control the process. And that's a huge, huge dilemma right now for
0: salespeople. I just thought of something when you were talking about that need for approval. Don't you think a lot of, and I'll say us, get into sales, even though there's a lot of rejection in it, for those approval moments? Mm -hmm. We get in when we say, Brian, I'm going to award you this deal. You got the deal. And it feels so good. Our yes. faces wash with pride. And, and yet we get in it because we like the approval. And if we start to direct the process and it meets with resistance, that, that is a problem for us because now we lose the approval. So it could be that what you said there with approval is kind of the foundation of why we won't direct the process. Yeah, I would say it is for yeah.
1: sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's, that's a deal where I think you can have both. Because it, it's, I found it very rare you find someone who doesn't like to either feel accepted. There are some people out there that just have none of that, really. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those people are cold. Psychopaths. And they're, yeah, <laughs> too. too. Uh, most people like to be accepted by other human beings in some form or fashion. It's a, it's a degreed thing, but that, that's all there. And so what I think the trick in this is to know that that's going on, but to not let that get in the way yeah. Yeah. of what you're trying to accomplish to help the other person, that that's not the primary MO that you're driving for is that acceptance, that it's, uh, it's got a back seat. But it's OK to be that way, too. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it makes people real uncomfortable to say, stop feeling. Don't don't like people's approval anymore.
0: No, that, just doesn't, no, work for that people, doesn't work. Right? Yeah, but, but what you're talking about there with directing the process is that you have to believe that your process is good for them to follow, or you won't direct yeah, it. For and sure. How many times have you yeah. had people who fight you on process because they don't yet have the belief that this is valuable for the customer. Lots. They think they think it's all about us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's good. Uh, I had a one here, and I'm going to use an example of. Uh, are, are you watching Making a Murder? I'm not. Okay. No. Nope. It's a interesting Netflix series. I'm not going to get into the details because it would take an hour and a half. <laughs> We're almost out of time. <laughs> But the point is that this this attorney comes in to handle the case for this person who who she believes has been wrongfully accused, and she goes like headfirst into the data, into the assessment. She studies the whole situation. And she studied it more than anybody else did, and that's probably why she's going to win. Mm. And I think that's the case in sales. I think we don't have the courage to really assess and study and ask all those deep, dark questions that you and I ask when we start, first start working with a company. I think we tend to say, we ask a couple questions, then we say, okay, well, it's time for the solution. Mm. And I think the, the better we can do at studying and assessing the problem helps the customer and also helps us. And I think we're afraid to get too deep. It's like we're afraid we're going to interrogate, afraid to be curious, afraid we may hear something we don't want to hear. Yeah. And I think assessment, especially if you're in a complex sale, business to business where the, the dollars are high, I think anything you can do to assess the pain up front is going to be helpful.
1: That's brilliant. That's really, really good. And people don't do that. They're afraid to go deep for lots of reasons. I mean, I think they're afraid they think they'll screw it up if they, you know, like they get the little bit that they need that kind of gives them, they've sort of checked off the list. Okay, I've got something I can go sp- sell to now. And they think that that's all they need to do. That's right. Because God forbid if they keep going, they find out that maybe there's not something to sell to. It could but be. But that's what we would coach someone. Or there's to do more. Or there's more to, to sell to. Yeah, Yeah. Even, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, my last one here. Um, I'm going to switch it back uh, maybe a little less deep. Uh, I think you should have the courage to earn your worth. Is that a shallower?
0: Courage, is that shallower?
1: Shallower. Can shallower? you say that? I think shallower. It's shallower. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Courage. The or? courage to earn your worth. And this is one of those things where people, uh, sales is a scoreboard business. It's a scoreboard measured uh, behavior and outcome and role and all those other things. And usually the carrot is money in some way, shape, or mm-hmm. form. And I'm not saying here that everyone has to have money as their number one driving force at all times. I would have you, though, examine your courage, the, cur- the amount of courage that you have to increase your personal income in mm-hmm. sales. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't have the courage to tie those two together. Because they feel that if they do that and they do poorly, it's go- it, it goes the opposite direction for them. So if I... Uh, sign up for the idea that I am what I'm worth, then uh, if it goes down, it's going to be my problem. And so what they do instead is they deflect all that. They say, I can't earn more because my company's operations suck. Or I can't earn more because marketing won't give me more leads. Or I can't earn more because our pricing is too high. Those are all external. It takes a lot of courage to have that set of circumstances look in the mirror and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what my company's pricing is. It's on me. That's what I'm talking about on that one. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Can I drop these mics off Here, Travi? No, never mind. That yeah. wasn't really a mic drop moment, but it no, kind of but that, like that's, good. that's
0: good. That's good because I had the, my last one was the courage to charge. Oh. But really, it's kind of a similar yeah. thing. It's do I do I have the courage to charge what I think I'm worth, or yeah. to earn what I think I'm worth yeah. income wise. And that's what it gets back to. What Brian and I have talked about. We spent a lot of time on the program called All In. It's a it's a video rec- or it's an audio recording lesson uh, that we've sold here for the last three, last three or four years. We talked about scripting. We talked about yeah. what are your scripts around yeah. money and earning. And if you can't get that right, then you always get to hundred grand, and you have a chance to make one fifty, but you end up at one ten, and then you go yep. back to ninety, and the scripts kind of call the day. So, courage to charge, courage to earn. Yeah, it's all good. Love it. Courage. And can we count
1: Brene Brown as a guest on the Advanced Selling Podcast? I think we can. She she still is on my bucket list
0: to have her on as a live guest. We could, yeah. We'll work on that. Maybe we call her and say, Brene, would you like to be on again? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to come back for a follow-up visit? I
1: don't remember. Oh, yeah. We should do it. We'll call our producer and say, hey, we'd like to have Brene on the show again. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? On the Advanced Selling Podcast, we did the thing on Courage. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. I guess Funny. we'll have
0: her on. We have to have the courage to ask Brene Brown to be on the show. <laughs> that's, true, that? that's true. That's true. Use an honor. Yeah. Hey, if you have a an event coming up here in the next few months or even next year, first of next year, this is a time of year where people do the retreats and the whole sales meeting rollouts and launches and kickoffs, we'd love to come out and visit with you, either Brian or I or both. So send us an email to listener at advanced sellingpodcast.com. Subject line come see us, and we'll get the ball rolling. Boom.